So, we are continuing our sermon series on Radical Church, and makes sense that we've been looking at what makes a church radical. Last week, with Anne speaking, we looked at giving. What happened at the end of the 1045 service was that Anne took a £20 note out of her purse and she offered it to anyone in need. And I want to start off today with where we left off last week. We discovered something through Anne talking about giving. And that was that an action of giving to somebody who was in need with others around encouraged others to give. No one forced anybody to join in, but one by one, others joined in to that action. Anne explained that she didn't use cash much nowadays, as many of us don't, but had a £20 note in her purse that she stores there in case of emergencies. So she took out this £20 note out of storage and decided to invest it in the kingdom by giving it to somebody who really needed it. Well, what happened next was that we saw that radical act of that £20 note given to Jesus being multiplied as more and more people came forward with their offering. And that £20 grew and grew. It was a beautiful sight to see and join in with. And nobody took that action and gave begrudgingly. All the money was given away to somebody who really needed it. One radical act of generosity led to more and more acts of generosity. And it really was a very precious moment in our church. Well, the next mark of a radical church is the giving not of money, but ourselves. In other words, serving or to serve. And our passage today opens up with us being told to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, and that it's this that's our true and proper worship. So from that, we get that radical church means offering all of ourselves as we come and gather, and all of ourselves as we discover what it is to belong, and all of ourselves as we learn what extravagant giving is. And now we are looking at what it means to serve with everything in us. You see, a radical church doesn't get by with its members rolling up on a Sunday and looking out for themselves and only talking to people they feel comfortable with. It doesn't get by with the giving of a token offering each week or each month. And a radical church doesn't operate by letting a few do the jobs of serving while others take their seats and let them do it. And that's me being really straight, straight talking. 
but it's true. And I'm not saying any of this to make anybody squirm or feel guilty. I am just saying that the marks of a radical church require actions that aren't always easy or comfortable and attitudes that are different to those shown in the outside world. And today we're going to be looking at offering at serving under three headings that serving brings honor to the kingdom, serving advances the kingdom, and serving is warfare for the kingdom. So the whole of our passage this morning tells us that serving is about serving wholeheartedly. Verses 6 to 8, which is on the screen, says, and I'm paraphrasing, we are even given gifts to help us, but the usefulness of those gifts depends on the heart of the one serving. The most important thing is to serve in love. And there is a well-known passage in 1 Corinthians 13 that goes a little further. And it says that if we use gifts without love, we are nothing and we gain nothing. Strong words. So what's to be done? Can we really serve wholeheartedly and in the right frame of mind all the time? Well, let's dig a little deeper. When we accept Jesus into our lives, we undergo a transformation. And that transformation, this transformation is not forced on us. We can choose to follow the leadings of the Holy Spirit or not. But when we say a wholehearted yes to Jesus... We give the Holy Spirit permission to work within us to make us more like Jesus every day. So over time, how we act changes. How we think changes. Things that we once gave a lot of time to tend to lose their appeal The things of the world that we were attracted to simply don't mean that much to us anymore. In fact, compared to the the things of Jesus, they lose their sparkle and their attraction. And it's the things of the kingdom that we become attracted to. So very simply, theologians will shudder But very simply, how we think changes. And the Bible calls this being transformed by the renewal of our minds. It means that, as in verse 3 of our passage tells us, that we will show that we don't think of ourselves as as more important than anybody else. And that serving should demonstrate love in action. What does this mean? I hope you can read it. It's quite small, but um, it's quite a list. I'm going to simplify it and paraphrase it slightly. 
So quite simply put, and it's a list, it means we should act in sincerity, that a hatred of evil and love of good will develop. Devotion, honouring, enthusiasm and a living and active faith will become present. We will demonstrate joy in hope, patience in affliction, faithfulness in prayer to others. Sharing with each other when it's really needed should be our normal reaction. Forgiveness and blessing people even when they hurt us should be automatic to us. We should come alongside others in the rejoicings of life and stay there in the mourning periods of life. We will live in harmony and pride and conceit will have no part in us. We will operate in forgiveness and mercy and become peacemakers. In short, it's about honouring others before yourself and that in turn honours the kingdom. Well, wow, what a list. And let's be honest... I look at it and I think, is that even possible? How can I ever be like that? But when we give our yes to Jesus, the Holy Spirit does work in us. And we have to follow, we do have to follow his promptings. But all of these things do happen. I gave my life to Jesus 23 years ago and the Holy Spirit is still working in all of these things within me. And I would say that I have made progress in a lot of areas and in others I take two steps forward and one step back. But I've learned a couple of learns from serving. So this is a little known fact. I hold a record at Christchurch. I am the shortest serving in time member of the welcome team. I lasted a whole service, which is being generous because I kind of switched off three quarters of the way through. I don't just like welcoming people. I love it. I really do. So when I heard the team needed people, I was there. After all, I was made for that job. Surprisingly, far from enjoying that first shift, I absolutely hated it. And I couldn't understand it because I actually like people. So suddenly, I had this idea. I could ask Jesus about it. So I stood at the back of the church by where that discipleship hub board is. Um, And I asked Jesus, I said, Jesus, why am I hating this? And he said, did I ask you to serve like this, Carol? It had been a good idea. It wasn't a God idea. First learn, his idea may not be your idea. And it actually took me away from doing the other things in a service that he wanted me to do. End of my stint on the welcome team. Second learn, that serving with others can affect your relationship with them. 
We don't always see eye to eye on things. How we deal with our different opinions is so important. And I'm being totally honest here that since retiring at the end of March this year, there has been more time to serve. But also, there's been more opportunity to upset people and be upset by people. I have even caused controversy. (laughs) What was called assertive in the world of work and considered a good thing can be classed as bossy or more forceful than necessary when you're serving. I have had, I have been on a massive learning curve. I have learnt more about forgiveness, love, kindness and the richness of the grace of God in my life than ever before. And I can stand here and say, yes, it's been tough. But I have come to love and honour and treasure every single person involved in the little hiccups I've had more than ever before. And more importantly, we have worked it out together. You see, as we journey towards becoming a more radical church, we'll have to be prepared that it will take work and that it will be hard. That we have to look, you know, we're going to have to look at ourselves and be prepared to change if change is needed. But it's worth it. Because what emerges is a new appreciation of what it means to be church together. That's how how I know that our wholehearted yes to Jesus works and changes us. Because it's changing me as well. Serving isn't just about doing a number of jobs around the place. It's about working together It's about working things out together and it's about moving forward together. It's about reconciling and being reconciled. It's what Jesus taught us and it's that that brings honour to God and honour to the kingdom. The words of a quite famous poem kept coming to mind. It's on screen. For the want of a nail, the shoe was lost. For the want of a shoe, the horse was lost. For the want of a horse, the rider was lost. For the want of a rider, the battle was lost. For the want of a battle, the kingdom was lost. And all for the want of a horseshoe nail. Well, the simple understanding from this is that each of our actions, no matter how unimportant we think they are, will have a consequence. But we can turn this poem around and it becomes an example of the impact of serving. So it kind of works like this. Person A, keep with me, uh, volunteers to serve refreshments. This person, B, this person releases person B, who has been serving in this way for quite a while. And in a service where they would have been serving themselves, they listen to a missionary. 
And the Holy Spirit, having all their attention, lays on their heart the desire to serve in a different way. That day, seeds are planted in person B to serve the Lord in a faraway place. Or a school prefect runs a Christian club during school lunch times. Sometimes it's great, sometimes it just seems like hard work. But years later, that person's at a conference um, and the speaker tells of a time at school when a school prefect ran a Christian club at lunchtime and they had said something that the speaker had never forgotten. And that had been the catalyst for them to go to university to uh, um, study a a degree in theology. And that had led to being a leader of a church. And that led to speaking engagements where the word of God was spoken to thousands. Well, you may be thinking, Carol, that's stretching it a bit. And there's a lot of ifs, buts and maybes in those examples. And you're right. My thought was that after speaking about these scenarios, I was going to come up with some killer examples of of famous people uh, being influenced by seemingly small acts of service. That wasn't the Lord's thought, though. And as I sat and listened to him, I felt him say that his kingdom on earth was advanced by the ordinary and nameless people of history far more than the famous ones, and that it started in Jesus' time. How many stories of encouragement or engagement and healings are there in the Bible where the people who, uh, who on, um, have these healings and engagements with Jesus are not named? We learn of the blind man, a centurion, the Gentile woman, the leper, the woman with the issue of blood. And they would have all spoken about their miracle, spoken about their healing and their engagement with Jesus. And as they did, they served and advanced the kingdom in, at that t- particular time and in their particular area. So hands up here, anyone who has been influenced or helped by another Christian and it's made a difference in your life. Keep your hands up. Okay. Now everyone look round. Keep your hands up. Now everyone look round. That's awesome. That's most of us. The kingdom was advanced by every single act of service that, that, um, that was shown by a raised hand just now. And for the viewers at home, online, most people put their hands up. And it's a beautiful thing to behold. It's church working in action. So a nail in the poem at the beginning lost the kingdom. The act of service advances the kingdom. Something seemingly small 
no matter how unimportant we think it is, has a consequence. And the consequence of serving advances the kingdom of God on earth. And it's something to think about when we are serving and doing our bit. When we look after children so their parents can be in church when we help in the open door or on gardening team, when we lead groups, give seniors lifts to Thursday Fellowship, we are advancing the kingdom of God here on earth. Now, I'm going to do something that I haven't done before. I'm about to bring sport into my talk. It hasn't happened before, and after this, it may never happen again. But I'm going to boldly go where I haven't gone before. It's summer, so it's tennis season, and we're coming up to Wimbledon. In tennis, we talk about a different sort of serve. The players practice and practice their serve, and that shot starts off every game. The speed of the serve sometimes reaches over 140 miles an hour. It must just be a blur. It's more of a weapon than a a serve. And the purpose is to serve so hard that the opponent can't return it or, or is forced into an error which wins the server a point. So your service game, therefore, is a really important part of the match because it's an opportunity to advance your chances of winning. Now, to take advantage of that chance, the players put everything of themselves behind that serve. And if Graham will play the video, it looks something like this. How are we doing? I'll put up the next slide to start off with. Well, actually, actually, Andy, you could could do an impersonation because I actually thought of doing an impersonation myself. It's a slow motion of a serve. So go on, go on, go for it. Well, they always bounce at a long time, don't they? Do you remember? That's when you get really bored. Just get on with it. Oh, here we are. Now we've got the real thing. Go on. Do you remember this one? Very good. Are you serious? Thank you so much. It's all right. We'll put put the next slide up. Amazing. All of themselves, their whole body behind the serve. Well, we aren't talking about that sort of serve, but it still applies. Uh, because when we put all of, our ser- all of ourselves into our serving, it becomes a weapon for the kingdom and a weapon whose fire cannot be returned. So we look something like this. First serve, you pray for healing for somebody. 
that shot cannot be returned. Satan is love 15 down. The Lord gives you a prophetic word for someone um, and you give it to them. Another killer shot and Satan is now 30 love down. Your neighbour who isn't a Christian is going through a really tough time and you help them. That's a sizzler and Satan finds himself love 40 down. And then finally, paying for somebody else's shopping at a checkout in the supermarket. Satan has no answer to the power of that shot. And it's game, set a match to the kingdom. This type of ma- in this type of match, there is no such thing as second place. Either you are first or nothing. It's kingdom one. Satan nil. Satan hates serving. He really, really, really does. Serving in the name of a G- Jesus in, as an individual is a mighty weapon. Being in a church with serving at its heart becomes an army which wields weapons of mass destruction to the enemy. I said way back near the beginning that service isn't just about doing jobs around the place. And yeah, it isn't. It needs all of us working together to do the things that we can do to release each other to serve in a way that honours, advances and weaponizes the kingdom. I could go through a long list of needs where the church needs help. But can I just speak from my heart? Um, Not long after I became a Christian, the Lord showed me a vision. And it was like a film running in my head. In the vision, the year was 1845. And I could see that the town of Barnet was a rowdy place where law and order was breaking down. And I saw the Lord with the building of Christ Church in his hand, and he slammed slammed the building down in a field, and he declared in a booming voice, enough is enough. And that was the end of the vision. But two things happened. I suddenly felt the love that God has for our church and for what it would do in this town. And I knew that I was being shown that the Lord had a plan to rescue Barnet. Plans to give Barnet a hope and a future. And in that plan was this place, Christ Church. The Lord put us here to make a difference. Today, we, de- we define that plan in a vision statement which says that we are about the transformation of Barnet and beyond with the love of Jesus, one life at a time. In this very special place, we have an opportunity to join in with God's plan that he declared 178 years ago. He put Christchurch here to serve, not just as a good idea, but his idea. It was God's idea. 
And it's not just this church that needs us. It's the kingdom that needs us. So coming into land, if you want to be part of an army that is working to honour one another and see advance the kingdom together and see defeat, uh, Satan defeated time and time again, there is a place for you to serve. The kingdom, Jesus, is just waiting for our yes. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus, that serving is so much, uh, so much more powerful, does so much, and honours so much. And we want to be a people that's about honouring you, about advancing the kingdom, and about using those that weapon of serving against the enemy. Father, will you put it um, as we go into, you know, we close the service and we go into a coffee break. Father, will you put it on our hearts where you want us to serve so that it's not our idea, it's your idea. And Father, let's, let us release each other to serve in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. amen.